Hey moms, welcome to the Gather Moms podcast. My name is Kate. And I'm Rebecca. We've created this space just for you because we're both moms and we get you. Yes, we believe there truly ain't no hood like the motherhood and we need to be in this together. We also believe we can't mom well without Jesus. So you're going to hear us talk about him too. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Gather Moms and make sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. All right, mamas, let's jump in. Hey, mamas, welcome to our next installment of the Christmas Fun Investigations on the Gather Moms podcast. <laughs> I don't know if that's really a good show title or not. It's not? Mm. Shoot. Christmas Fun Investigations. Christmas Fun Investigations. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Let's talk Christmas. How about that? Okay. That's that's good. Yeah. 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 Um, so as we're talking Christmas, we are kind of reinvestigating, re-looking at, you know, the children's Bible versions of the Christmas story that we've just kind of maybe taken for granted or just like kind of just said, oh, okay, well, that's probably what that is and just gone, well... Could we consider it from a different angle? You know, is this is there more we could add to this coloring book than this little simple picture? I just can't walk through Hobby Lobby the same anymore. Every time I look at you little nativity scenes, I'm like, mm, no, I'm I not know. sure. I'm not sure about that. Yeah, we need to add about fifty more people to this scene. <laughs> you know, listen, that's what we're gonna sell next year at Christmas. We're gonna sell the Gather Moms version of the nativity, and we're gonna have a lot of extra people in the room. I love it. So listen, <laughs> we had the best time at dinner the other night. We were gonna do like our Advent reading and stuff and I said you guys let me tell you about when Jesus was actually born probably where he was and so I kind of took them through what we did you know on the podcast and I said tell me how you picture it you know and it was just exactly like we'd picture it that they were alone it was the middle of the night they pull into Bethlehem they're knocking at a hotel no room in the inn so they end up out of the, the barn of nowhere in a barn and it's just them and some animals you know <laughs> And so I showed him a picture because I found some illustrations of probably like what the home looked like. Yes. um, Where Jesus was actually born. And anyway, it was just super fun. They really enjoyed it. My husband really enjoyed it. Like it was fun for us just to kind of have some new discovery and some curiosity about the Bible. That's so fun. I haven't told my children anything about what I've investigated. (laughs) Well, tell them. I think they'll like it. I think it's cool. But it does a little bit kind of ruin some things for you. You know, when you see the simplified versions, you're like, well. Yeah, there might be a little more to it. Maybe than so. That. Yeah. Maybe so. Okay, but as we are re- reinvestigating all things Christmas, or what? Are, let's talk Christmas. I don't know what you recall this. I feel like at this point, we can just keep calling it different things throughout the episode, Great. and it'll just be fun. Fantastic. That's kind of your MO, that you just like have multiple phrases and words for things. Love. Yes. Great. Okay, so I came across this meme, um, and I wanted to share this with you because I think that this is hilarious. As we're looking at Christmas again. So it says, it said, this is your annual reminder that male reindeer lose their antlers in winter and females do not. Therefore, Santa's sleigh is actually pulled by a team of strong, powerful, and underrated women. I love that. I love that. So Rudolph is a girl? 100% Rudolph is a girl. Dasher's a girl. Prancer's a girl. We already already knew Vixen was a girl. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh Uh-huh. That's funny. Isn't that great? I didn't know that. I really didn't. Okay, so I Googled it. And legitimately, male reindeer lose their antlers in November. And female reindeer keep them until May. 
And then they lose them? Yes. So they lose them at different times? I don't know, Doug. Listen, that's oh, I'm sorry. a little bit further of a deep okay, dive I'm than stopping. I was ready for. I'm st- pulling back. Pulling the reindeer back. Okay. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I just thought that was fun. That is. You know? Okay. Again, I'm never going to look at Santa's sleigh the same again. No. Yes. Okay. Hey, girl. How you doing? <laughs> Get it. All right. So today, uh, you know, we, we had talked about, you kind of left us where Jesus had been born, right? Yes. In the home. Kind of in the part of the home where they keep the animals in the lower area, right? Yes, we got some grandmas and aunts in the room helping out. Yes, and so now we're going to look at the next part of the story. I'm going to play you a little tune so that you can guess, and I'm going to give you a clue and see if you can guess the song. Okay, I'm ready. Okay, so what is the song? We Three Kings from Orient R. Okay, can you keep going? How many of the lyrics do you know? Traveling something from afar. Dun, 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 da, 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 Wow, you nailed that. At 100% nailed. Thank you. Okay, do you want to know the actual lyrics? Yeah, let's go with that. We Three Kings of Orient R. Bearing gifts, we traverse afar. Traverse, that's a type of car. <laughs> it is. I wanted one for a while. Well, it's actually a verb also, okay? I should get it. It's like part of the Christmas story. Mm, it's mm-hmm. meant to be. Field and fountain, moor and mountain, following yonder star. Oh, star of wonder, star of light, star with royal beauty bright, westward leading, still proceeding, guide us to thy perfect light. I actually like those words. That's really nice. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yes. So, But, but Orient, I didn't know that from the Orient. Okay, it starts off, we three kings of Orient are. So tell me, you know, like we kind of pictured how we envision Mary and Joseph getting to Bethlehem and all that. When you think of the three wise men and you see them in like your little children's Bible, yes. what do they look like? What are they wearing? What are they doing? There's three camels. Correct. There's three guys sitting on them. Yeah. They have large turban crowns. Uh-huh. Long cloaks. Yeah. And uh, little boxes sitting in front of them with their gift. Okay, nailed it, right? And then when they meet Jesus, where is Jesus typically? He's in the barn. He's in the barn. I mean, I think Mary just had him, and they're just like showing up That's after right. the shepherds. Yes. They, they probably met the shepherds on the way, and the shepherds were like, look, we spent some time looking for him. We know where he is. We're going to help you out. Perfect. Yes. Okay. So, but actually we're going to call into question all of that. All of it. Okay. Okay. Because we're going to ask some questions. Number one, were there three of them? Because actually the scripture does not say that it the says number. three gifts, right? And there's so you just gifts. assume that there's one guy for each gift. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, that they rode camels. We don't know for sure that the Bible doesn't tell us they rode camels. We're going to ask, are they Kings? Did they follow an actual star? What were they following? They did follow a star. Come on. Don't break down my Christmas story there. Give me the star. And were they actually there at the birth? Okay? Okay. All right. So before we get to them, I want to just kind of catch us up where we are in the story. Because if you follow Luke's gospel, just reading the story, Luke then tells us that after Jesus is born, eight days later, he's circumcised, and then he is given the name Jesus. Yes. Which makes you wonder, what did they call him for those first seven days? Hello, baby. Babe. Babe. Babe in the manger. Babe boy. (laughs) Sweetums. Sugar plum. Pumpkin. And then when the time came after Mary's purification, so um, in Jewish tradition she had to have 40 days after having a baby before she could like re-enter society and all the women said amen yes 100 give me the 40 days yeah i'm unclean don't come near me 
so. that's six weeks, 40 days. Yeah, Seven close. times six is 42. Yeah. Six weeks. Is yeah. that where we get maternity leave? Oh, my goodness. What? <laughs> I don't know. Wow. I mean, the Jewish calendar did inform a lot of our doing. So, okay. So they went to Jerusalem to present the baby to the Lord, right? As was their custom. And um, we know that they were not wealthy because the the um, sacrifice that they offer is what a poor person would offer. Yes. And um, that also helps us know that the wise men have not visited yet. Oh, because if they had come, they would have had expensive gifts. Yes. <gasps> That's true. Okay. Okay. So this is, you know... 40 days out from Jesus being born. And there is this, you have to go read um, in Luke 2, this beautiful encounter that Jesus and Mary and Joseph have with Simeon and Anna. Yes. These two people that have been waiting for the Messiah, and they call him out as he is, and they worship him, and it's just absolutely incredible. Um, And then they go back to Bethlehem after that. So To the barn? Well, listen, so now they were staying in a house, which is the word, I'm just going to try and get this, because it's not as easy as the other word for guest room. Yes. They're staying in an oikion, uh-huh. and it's perhaps the same one, but they're not in the stall area anymore, since the guest room, Cataluma, may have been available at this time. Somebody left the guest room, and they said, we're moving in. That's right. Yes. Because now, if all these people have gone back home after the census, now there's a place for them to stay. Yes. Right? But they're staying with their family. They have not gone back to Nazareth yet. They're staying in Bethlehem with baby Jesus. Yes. Right? So we have to go to Matthew 2 to read what happens between Jesus, after Jesus being presented at the temple and then when they will eventually go back to raise him in Nazareth, okay. right? Nazareth, because some things go down. Yes. Okay? So in Matthew 2, 1 through 12, I want to read this, and I want you to, like, actually listen for the words that are being said here, not what we have necessarily always believed that it says, okay? So in Matthew 2, it says this. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. And they told him, hey, man, this is in the scriptures, right? It says, in Bethlehem of Judea, for it was written, and you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. So let's just look at a few things there, right? So it says, um, Herod is king. And these wise men do come from the east. We're going to talk about that more in a minute. And that they saw some kind of a star, right? And I want you to notice, I had never seen this connection before, but these wise men from the east call him king of the Jews. So how did they know that he was king? Okay, so that is a great question. Because they don't have the scriptures. Right, they don't have the scriptures. But one of the very amazing things is what... Most commentators and historians will prove is that these men were from the area of Babylon, which is modern day Iraq, but they were from the area of Babylon. Okay. And if you remember, um, Daniel was um, a Jew who had been exiled to Babylon, and he had had great influence over the people there of sharing God's word with the Babylonians. So they knew about the Jewish God and their traditions. And so it is likely that these wise men would have known that a king of the Jews was going to be born and that he was prophesied. All the way back to Daniel. Yes. 
crazy. Because of Daniel's influence yes. all that time before. Yes. Wow. So they know, and you can go back and read in Daniel when Daniel references him, but they call him King of the Jews. Okay. Do you know the only other time that Jesus is called King of the Jews? On the cross. Yes. When he is being crucified. When he is before. It's only twice? Yes. At the beginning of his life and at the end of his life. When he is standing before the court being asked, and the, and he says, you know, are you king of the Jews? And he and Jesus says, I am who you say that I am. Wow. So he claims that title, yes. king of the Jews. Yes. And then when he is mocked and crucified, they have the sign over him that yes. says king of the Jews. Wow. That's really, I never knew that. Isn't that amazing? Very amazing. Okay, so let's go on. And then it says, because um, we, we want to look into Herod's heart here. And then it says, Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, which is about five miles south of Jerusalem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. Mm -hmm. I think there's some evil intentions. That's right. And after listening to the king, they went on their way. And behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them. So just imagine the star is the star is moving, right? It says it rose. So they're seeing it at night. Right? Yes. So they are always traveling at night. And so that keep that in mind. Well, that but might, it's there during the day. You just can't see it. Potentially. Because right. the sun, right? Right. But are, you know, one of the questions that the historians wonder about is, are they only traveling at night? Because that could have prolonged their journey considerably. If they could only travel at night. If they could night. only travel at night when they could follow the star. Yes. Okay. Then it says, uh, when they saw the star... They rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. So they see it rise again, and they rejoice exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then, opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. Okay, listen here. I mean, you see me sitting here. I've got books with post-its in it. Yes. I've got all these notes. Like, it's so much to tackle. Um, and I feel like, you know, this may be a little bit disjointed, but there's so many things I want to touch on here. So I just want to kind of go over some things that I thought were fascinating. All right, so in our, probably like in the NIV, if you read the NIV version of the Bible or the ESV version, um, we see the word wise men. Right, but that comes from the word magi, or it was magoi or magos in Greek, and it's where we get our word magic. Oh, okay. And the KJV was the first one to translate the word magi to wise men. Okay, okay. And wise men isn't—it's not a far-off um, translation because they were wise in the sense of understanding these supernatural things. Right, right. But magi is kind of a better fit because oh, we I agree. understand. Yes, you know, it's a little bit more of this. They're not just wise in godly wisdom, right? It's this, it's kind of a, it's kind of different, right? No, I agree. Because even though if they were from Babylon and they knew of this king of the Jews, it doesn't mean that they had lived their lives surrounding him. They were just interested in what right. this had to do. Or that they believed in Yahweh right. or anything like right. that, right? So this is what one commentary said. It said, but Magi is also not a Greek word. It is Persian. And it very specifically meant members of the priesthood of Zoroastrianism, the fire-worshipping religion of ancient Persia that still survives in pockets of Iran. Zoroastrian priests had a reputation as possessing occult knowledge, especially in astrology. 
so that it made sense that they would notice the star of Bethlehem mm-hmm. and recognize its significance. So the KJV translators rendered Magi as wise men, presumably on this basis. Yes. The only other time we see this exact word used in Scripture in the New Testament is in Acts 13.6, and it's describing the false prophet Bar-Jesus. And in Acts, they translate this word as sorcerer. Okay. Yes. So you can kind of see, yes. you know, the, the, this is the only two times this kind of person is described in the Bible. So today we'd probably call this kind of person like an astrologer. Yes, that's what I'm thinking too. Right? They study the stars. Um, we have no reason to believe they were kings. Right? This doesn't say anything in scripture about that. The only thing that I could gather from what commentators said, why at all they're called We Three Kings, is they may have been wealthy based on the gifts that they brought. brought. Uh Um, But we also have no reason to believe that there were three. We just know there were more than two because they were wise men or magi. It's given as a plural word. So there were more than two. But actually, they... There was probably like a huge company of them traveling. That's what I'm thinking. Like, just like we talked about with Mary and Joseph, it's not just two people on a donkey. What if there was a bunch of them? Yes, because these are probably like highly esteemed from their area. They're so they got highly servants, right? Servants. So they are probably like, there is this huge entourage, this caravan traveling this very long distance. So let me tell you about that. So they came from Babylon, which I mentioned is modern day Iraq. So if they traveled by camel, which is actually somewhat likely that they actually did travel by camel, they would have to travel around 400 miles, which would have taken at least a month. Now, if they were traveling, though, only at night to follow the star, it could have taken months, right? It could have taken a very long time for them to get there. So we don't know exactly how long it took them, but it was, we know for sure, Rebecca, they were not there when he was born. No, for sure not. Right. What if when Jesus was born that night and the angels in the sky came to show the shepherds and they were singing and praising God, what if the star came then? That's when the star appeared. Yes, when Jesus was born. That is when the star appeared. So that's when they see it in the sky. Is it that night, you know, or what? Even if it is, they got to get their stuff together and pack. They can't leave that day. Exactly. It's going to take a while. It took at minimum a month. You know, yes, but it could have taken considerably longer than that. Okay, so they probably arrived within a year of his birth, but it it could have been up to two years. Yes. When they get to him, it says that he was a young child. The word that they use to Mm -hmm. describe Jesus is they say that he was a child. And we read that because it says the child Jesus that they worshiped. And it's the word paideon in Matthew 2. That's the Greek word. So it's not babe, which is brephos, which is the word that had been used before. Yes. So we know that he is an immature child. But, you know, all the commentators, this was all over the place. So we don't want to get crazy about how old he actually was. We just know he was less than two. Well, I mean, you're probably going to get to this. When Herod sends out his decree, he asks for all the baby boys two and under. That's right? right. That's the other thing that confirms it. Because Herod does the math, right? Because we find out then that after the Magi come and they worship Jesus and they give him these gifts, and there's a lot of different, if you research these gifts, various people have come up with reasons why they gave him gold and frankincense and myrrh, right? There's there's various reasons. Gold as that he's the king, frankincense as an anointing on his life, myrrh to bless him in his death. And myrrh is actually used at his death. Yes. Oh, that gives me chills. Okay. So there there are some things, but we don't actually see that in the scripture, you know? So that's a fine conclusion to draw, but we just want to be, that's one where we would land in the curious pile. Yes. Not in the, this is for sure what the Bible says pile. Right, right. 
Um, so they give him these gifts. And then remember Herod said, come back and tell me where he is. Cause I want to worship him. Right? right. But they are warned in a dream. And they, the other thing I saw in researching this story is how many times from what you have told and then now in all of these parts, how many times God uses dreams and they are visited by angelic beings to tell them specifically yes. what to do. I want a dream. Come on, God, give me a dream. Yes. So the Magi would have traveled back north through Jerusalem to go back to Babylon, but it says that they intentionally took another way. They went around another way because they don't want to be starting to come through the city and people say, oh, the Magi are coming back. Well, and if, you are, if you're correct in that, it was an entourage, not yes. just three guys with a camel. You would know they're coming through town. That's right. So soon after the wise men left, Herod realized that they were not going to return. And this is, you know, one of just, I think this is one of the most atrocious stories in the Bible because um, it says, and he ordered the killing of all boys in and around the region of Bethlehem who were two years age and under because he knew the approximate timing of the star's appearance and knew that that was when Christ had been born. And he was so paranoid yes. about another king taking the crown, he made sure to kill all of these children. It's awful. It just makes my stomach turn. Yes. An angel then warns Joseph to flee to Egypt to protect his family. And this trip would eventually fulfill, that fulfills a, prof a prophecy, another prophecy in Hosea 11, 1. And one of the things I thought was interesting that I had never noticed before, but so many commentators said this, is that perhaps the gifts from the Magi helped finance this trip. Yes, I remember reading that in my studies too. Because yes. you know they were so they're poor. poor. Yes. And so how do they get from Bethlehem to Egypt? And then survive while they're survive in Egypt. survive mm -hmm. for a time because they were there for a time. Right. Until Herod dies when they are told that they can go back to Nazareth. Yes. Right? But they have to be able to live there. So true. And so how did they do that? Well, look at God's providence. Wow. The kindness of That's God. That's amazing. The kindness of God. One of the things that really stuck out to me about this story that I thought was really fascinating is looking at Herod. Um, because I think we often look at the wise men and the gifts that they bring, but, but I don't think that we really look at Herod and just how awful and horrible and sinful he was. You know, I mean, it's just absolutely, it's nauseating to, to think about what he did and the pain that would have caused and... Oh, it's just terrible. So, but I, I've been reading this book and I've referenced it before when we talked about Christmas last year and it's called Hidden Christmas by Tim Keller. And you told me about it years ago. So um, he has this chapter in here called Where is the King? There's a whole section here called the, the Threat of Christ's Kingdom. So he's talking about Herod and how he makes this horrible, evil plan to kill all of these baby boys. And we look at Herod and we think how despicable he is. But this is what Tim Keller says. He says, however, the full teaching of the Bible is that the source of the world's evil is every human heart. King Herod's reaction to Christ is, in this sense, a picture of us all. If you want to be king and someone else comes along saying he is the king, then one of you has to give in. Only one person can sit on an absolute throne. As we have seen, Jesus came to us claiming to be God, the king. It is a claim of absolute authority, a summons to unconditional loyalty, and it inevitably triggers deep resistance within the human heart. I'm getting chills from that too. Wow. It cut me to the core because I think I so easily relate in the nativity story with, you know, the shepherds in the field. Yes. The people rejoicing, Simeon and Anna, the wise men coming and worshiping. 
But of any character that I am most like in the nativity story, it is Herod. Yes. Because I, too, have a desire to rule my own kingdom, right? Yes. That is at the core of what sin is. You know, I love our pastor, our former pastor Steve would always describe sin by saying, to understand sin, you just need to circle the middle letter in that word, I. Yes. Because sin is all about me right? It's about wanting my own way, wanting my kingdom, wanting things to go well for me. And if anything else comes in the way of that and threatens that, I want to take it out. Yes. Well, I can see in my own heart, even as we come up on the Christmas holiday, the times where I hear the Holy Spirit whispering something to me and me going, I don't want to do that. Yeah. And so I just remove that and I put myself back on the throne and I make my own choice. And it's usually for my comfort or for my happiness or my ease. Yeah. And to me, it doesn't seem so vicious because I'm not killing babies. For sure. But just like Herod was afraid that this this child was going to take over his kingdom, I do the same thing in my own life when God wants to take over my kingdom. That's right. That's right. And the other part I thought about this was it says that when he received the news, Herod, he was troubled and the whole area of Jerusalem was troubled. That's interesting to me. Are they troubled because their king is troubled? Yes, because he's agitated, he's on edge, and they know that terror can come. And honestly, this convicted me so much because I thought about me and my home. Yes. This little kingdom I've set up for myself. Because when I feel like my kingdom is being threatened, the whole house feels it. Yes. They tremble. They know that something is wrong. Oh, right? my kids immediately know when I'm on edge. And they'll yes. they'll even try to be ultra kind, you know, like, Mom, what can I do? Yes. Or can I help? Yes. It's like they start walking on eggshells because they're so afraid that it's about to break at any moment. That's right. So that, it was just so convicting for me, honestly, to see myself as Herod in this story. But it drove me back to Jesus because I know... That without him, I am Herod. Yes. I am despicable. I do, I commit atrocities. I do evil things, right? Without the saving grace of Jesus, I too am Herod. Yes. And you look at who we have the choice to be in the story. I mean, it's this complete comparison and contrast between our response to the birth of Jesus. We can either be like the wise men, the magi, or we can be like Herod. And, you know, we look at the Magi, and I think it's so amazing that God chose them because it was only by supernatural intervention, only by the Spirit's guidance that they would even come to know Jesus. Yes. And isn't that true for you and me? Yes. There is nothing about me that has placed me in a seat where I would get to come to know him or have earned anything. No, I was lost just like them. I was looking for answers in the wrong places just like them. And it was only through divine intervention that God stirred my heart and said, look, I want you to find Jesus and I'm going to show you the way to him. And the encouragement today, no matter how far off you are, what foreign place you are in where you are maybe not surrounded by things of God or a family that believes God and his sovereign power can reach even you, yes. just like he did with the Magi, yes. and bring you to Jesus. Yeah. And I think, you know, when I look at the wise man, I look at the Magi, and I see myself there, and that's who I want to be. And I want to be a mama who is looking for Jesus, looking for God to guide me every day, you know, looking for the supernatural to say, where do I find Jesus today? Mm-hmm. Where do I find him? And that I worship him, yes. and that I give him what costs me a lot, yes. something that may be costly to me. And I say, 
this is worth it because I love you and I want to worship you with all that I am. And that I wouldn't be worried about pleasing authorities on the earth, but that I would listen to God's direction and maybe even go a different way than what someone has planned for me because I am following God's path in my life. Because it's so easy to go back to what you know. I mean, we don't know this, this the path they took back home, but it had to have been harder because it couldn't have been just the normal well-traveled road. Right. So for us, when we come away from our time with Jesus, we have to know that it's not always going to be the easy road because the easy way would be just to go right back into our same old life, doing our same old things, pleasing the same old people. Yeah. But in order for us to follow Jesus, sometimes it takes choosing the harder road because we know that that's what's more important. Yes. And I'm so curious, how did their lives change after that when they did go back home? Mm. Did they take the message of Jesus with them? Did they tell all their friends when they got home? Did their legacies and their families change because what they have been in the presence of? Yes. Yes, I I think it's I think it's amazing and I want us, you know, as we look at the Christmas story again anew this year to say, okay, I by nature am Herod. Yes. And there's part of me that wakes up every day and the Herod part of me wants to take over and live for my own kingdom and commit atrocities and make people in my home worship me and tremble Ugh, when I felt it. I felt the knife right there. Oh yes. But instead, God, would you wake me up with a curiosity and a wonder like the Magi had looking for you? Because it is only by your supernatural power that you would call me out of nowhere. You know, he called these men out of nowhere and said, come, I want you to see Jesus. So God, would you do that for me? Would you call me out and help me to see Jesus? Worship him, give him everything I have and tell others about him. Amazing. So that's the opportunity that we have this Christmas mamas. And, you know, I think, I think especially for us heading into Christmas morning, we are in danger of being King Herod, holding our cup of coffee and sitting in our Christmas pajamas. And we, there may be a moment when our family starts to quake because they know that they better give us worship and Put you, us, you're talking to Mama Claus over put here. Us you're talking this, to Mama Claus on this pedestal. <laughs> I feel it, right? Yes. And instead, would we instead get down with our children and say, "Let's look for Jesus together. Let's worship Him. The worship is due Him today, and not me. He is the giver of good gifts. Even the gifts you're opening this morning, even though I was the one that went to Target and wrapped them, our God." gave us the money to do this. He gave people creative minds to come up with these gifts. Like this, everything good is from God. So let's worship him today. You know, it's funny because as the days are getting closer to Christmas, I don't know if you, mamas, if you guys feel this, but I feel this like I haven't done it all yet. Mm. And you might be seeing posts or pictures from people that have done like the Christmas light tours right. or the gingerbread house making or whatever. And there's a part of me that goes, we haven't done that yet. We're running out of time. Yeah. And I can feel the anxiousness in my heart over, like I had this idea of all these memories I had to get in before Christmas. Yeah. And then it takes away the joy from the moment because instead of enjoying the moment, I'm trying to check off the list because I feel like if I don't, then I've missed something. So in this last few days before Christmas, I would just encourage you, whatever you have not gotten done, just sit it off to the side. Yeah. And just look forward, just like Kate saying to Christmas Day, where we're going to celebrate Jesus and remind yourself that it's not about the gifts or the pictures you took or the Christmas cards you made or whatever it might be, but it's about Jesus. Yes. And if that's all we had on Christmas Day, it would be enough. Yes, it would be enough. The enemy wants so much to distract us 
You know, the enemy wants so much to distract us and get our eyes off the prize. And, you know, I did read somewhere that, of course, the gold, frankincense, and myrrh are mentioned momentarily, but that is the only one time they are mentioned in the scriptures because it really wasn't about the gifts. It was about the gift of Jesus coming to earth, yes, right? Yes. And that is what we want our Christmas celebrations to be about too. Amen. Hey moms, we love you so much. We have loved um, investigative fun with you about Christmas. <laughs> and um, we hope that you have a wonderful holiday season with your families and we will see you in the new year. She in said 2020. it. She said 2022. it. 2022. We cannot wait and we hope you enjoy the break. We love you so much. Merry Christmas, mamas. Do you know a mom who needs support and encouragement? Send her the link to the Gather Moms podcast today and connect her to this community. You can also help other moms find this podcast by leaving a rating and review.